Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast. I'm Aaron Brightman, and uh, we are talking cornerbacks tonight in terms of our positional previews for Rutgers football ahead of the 2023 season. David Anderson back. Thanks so much for all you've uh, contributed so far. It's been a lot of fun, and now we are talking about cornerbacks, and when you talk about cornerbacks for Rutgers, you have to start with Max Melton. David, what are your thoughts on him? Well, uh, I guess I need to aggregate a lot of different opinions on it. I've seen him, you know, listed by some sources, projected second team all Big Ten. I've seen some not even have him in the top four. I've seen him projected as the number three cornerback prospect in the entire, you know, country down to not ranked. So there are a lot of differing opinions on Max Melton. So what can I say about what we've seen in the last few years is that at times he's an absolutely elite playmaker at the cornerback position and on special teams. I mean, he has instincts, speed, strength, and when he's locked in for like sustained periods of time, it's, it has been difficult for opposing quarterbacks to complete passes against him. At times uh, that has not been the case he's trying to make too many plays is he you know is he why is it we don't know but he's a type of guy where if he can just bring consistency to the table you know he'll be drafted next year possibly even on day two yeah and i think uh for this defense you know especially with we've talked about safeties but in terms of uh you know some turnover there if Melton can take the next step and be that shutdown corner that we all think he can be on a consistent basis, obviously that's going to do a lot for the defense just in terms of, of them hopefully taking that next step this season. For sure. I mean, we talk about where the turnover is going to come from that Chiano needs for to sustain this team and to provide short fields, for example, for the offense. He's the number one guy who could provide that if he's right. I mean, looking at his grades, even though people didn't feel like he had a great season last year, statistically, as well as by, you know, pro football focus, he was significantly better last year than the year prior. He scored a 62 in his first year, 63 two years ago, and a 69 last year, which put him in the middle of the pack among, you know, Big Ten corners. So, you know, I, I think – a few more interceptions and that number's going to skyrocket because that kind of really kind of inflates your, your ratings, both in the, you know, number of pass defenses, interceptions, as well as what grading you're getting from these uh, recruiting or, you know, draft scouting sources. We'll talk about Melton again when we get to special teams, but uh, I want to talk about the other side with Robert Longerbeam uh, as the, really the, you know, the other starter at cornerback. For sure. I mean, Longerbeam, is one of those guys who just showed he had to play more. Uh, in that game, I think it was against Indiana two years ago when he was a true freshman. I think he had three passes defense on three consecutive plays at one point, or it might have been three out of four because they might have went for it on fourth down, something like that. But he shows these just instincts that you can't teach. And he ha- he's faster than he looks. Like, he hasn't shown – like he's he's a liability going against faster guys. So, you know, he's fast enough. The question with him is if they try to bully him, is is he going to be able to, you know, do enough to get his hand in there? And does he have the strength even without the added weight that you might see on another player to make those plays? But I feel very comfortable with him as a starting cornerback on this team. 
I mean, do you agree with that? Yeah, no, totally. I, I, I'm really high on him. I think, you know, he got better as the year went on. He was consistent. Uh, yeah, he, he does. I mean, his frame, it is unique. I mean, he is very slight, but I, I think what I like about him is that even though he's not the biggest corner out there, he plays with a ton of confidence and he's and very, physicality. Yeah. very sure in, in, in what he's doing, you know, and he doesn't, he doesn't hesitate in his decision-making. And like you said, right. he's got great instincts. So, um, yeah, I, I think they're a very good. I, I think they definitely have a chance to be a top half, uh, you know, duo in terms of cornerbacks in the Big Ten. And then another guy who I really like, who, you know, had a bit of a down year last year and did have some injuries is Case on Abraham, who's back as well. Yeah. I mean, to your point, in 2021, when he was, he might have even been uh, pro football focused first team all Big Ten. He was definitely in the top. He had 44 tackles two years ago, and last year he only had nine. Part of that was injury. Part of that was longer beam just demanded more snaps with the play that he showed on the field. And Abraham is a little bit of an oddball because his size would tell you that he should be a slot corner, but he has proven pretty effective as an outside corner. And so what do you do with that? Do you just accept that he might be slightly limited because of his size on the outside? Or do you accept the fact that, you know, his instincts play a little bit better on the outside than, than what you would get in, in the slot position? I think the key, though, as has been a theme with all the defensive backs, is there are a lot of viable options. We aren't just asking for someone to do something they've never done. If he simply has the season he had two years ago, alongside longer beam and max Mellon, i mean you're dealing with probably a top five unit in the big 10 just just if they do what they've done yeah and to your point uh you know in terms of the defensive line that uh when we had that preview talking about their ability to be more disruptive and if they can make plays how it takes pressure off the back end of the defense i mean those three guys back there you know, that's when that's when quarterbacks make mistakes and all three of them, I think, can capitalize and take advantage. And that's obviously what Rutgers needs is the, the, those guys need to generate, uh, you know, interceptions in, in, when, when quarterbacks make mistakes. And when it's it's not just the defensive line creating pressure, but it's it's them being able to the defensive backs uh, being able to capitalize uh, and win 50 50 balls at times, too. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's all of the above. You want, yeah, you want them to lock people down. But, yeah, a tipped ball here or there might result in an interception. I mean, you saw what happened with Christian Braswell's interception against Indiana that effectively sealed the game just because he read a quarterback being flushed out of the pocket, just making a, a prayer of a throw, and he read the play, had his eyes there, didn't lose his eye discipline, if you want to use the, the coaching term for it. And, you know, can these guys do that? Can they get their hands on balls that otherwise would be completions and generate also some excitement? I mean, one thing that cornerbacks can do as well as any other position is if they make a big play, like people can get, people get excited because the difference between a 15 yard reception or an incompletion that is forcing a team to punt, that is, that's effectively a turnover in in a sense, right? So uh, can they provide that? We think yes. And kind of a theme we've gotten through all in the defense, and Sean talked about this when he was interviewed, is talking about the team as a, as a, a program, as a pipeline of people. And nothing embodies that better than the D 
defensive backs, particularly cornerback, where you've seen guys two years ago, Trey Avery, even though he didn't have his best final season at Rutgers, he catches on as an undrafted free agent and is basically starting by the end of the season. Now I've got Christian Braswell moving from corner to the NFL. And so you're seeing these development. These weren't guys who their day one were a starter at Rutgers in the power five, but by the end of their career, you know, they're demonstrating they're getting better each year. Can Abraham Melton and Longerbeam continue to get better as well? Yeah. And for the defense, you know, as much as the offense needs to take a step forward, the defense does too. Uh, in terms of, you know, being from a good defense to a very good defense, which is obviously going to take pressure off the offense. And it all, I, I think, all combines together. But uh, I think the potential at cornerback for Rutgers is really high. And then you're talking about your number four cornerback, which is Eric Rogers, the transfer uh, from Northern Illinois. Uh, we've heard good things about him. What do you? How do you think he fits into the mix? Yeah, I mean, I, I think – kind of to the point we're making he might just command more time I, I believe he has two years left though so he, he he's yeah. not just a one and done transfer uh he's originally from burlington so he's a local guy in that sense and there might be a little bit of a chip on his shoulder i thought he played well in the spring game i thought that he looked good just in the limited action when the btn crew was on site and he kind of just sneaking a peek trying to like pass the you know, the guys on the podium, like, okay, what's going on behind them? I thought he played pretty well. You know, he had a few highlights there. Um, he just seems to have a nose for the ball. And that's where it's kind of interesting that he's wearing number zero like Izzy and did last year. I mean, Eric Rogers was at six foot two, not five foot nine, maybe on a good day. But he does show the ability to make plays, and they just might need that. And, uh, those four we know, you know, are going to be the top end. Any final thoughts on the cornerbacks and anybody else you think that could emerge, uh, you know, in that role? Yeah, I mean, first, Charles Amonqua, you know, we talked about his brother Thomas with the safeties. I mean, Charles played at Akron, so he played, you know, in the group of five. And big success. I, I don't think he – I think he only played a few games last year, but the year before he was, he was good. And so – would I want him starting? No. But if he's your fifth guy in a room like this where two of them get hurt, he's playing, you know, the number three wide receiver on the other team, you got to feel pretty good about a guy like that. But same type of thing, they're bringing him in to make sure that they have depth and they don't end up in a situation like they did at linebacker last year. But they do have two younger guys. I mean, Zylan Williams, he may or may not be playing corner or safety, but there's a guy who's kind of, tracking right in line with what his development should be uh, so from what we've seen. So maybe we see him in the defensive backfield. And then also a true freshman, Bo Masco, he played pretty well in the spring game. And I'm not just saying that because of his interception. I mean, you wouldn't have known he was a freshman. He, he looked like he belonged. And we know that a cornerback, guys come in, true freshman, retro freshman, and can play. Like we saw Jason McCourty do it, and he was a two-star prospect. On a right. team that was good, like not a team that was at the bottom of the conference. So uh, it's possible that we'll see that. I just think there's a lot of guys ahead of him that they trust that have a proven track record. So I don't know if we're going to see him this year, but you got to feel good about where this uh, position group is progressing in the next few years. 
Definitely. And to touch on your point about Charles Amonkwe, yeah, it was two years ago. He was a full-time starter at Akron in the MAC. He played 12 games, started 11 at cornerback. And then last year he just played four games, started one. Uh, so, you know, he, but he does bring, you know, some legitimate experience. He's your fifth cornerback potentially, probably that's a, I, I think, yeah, that's a pretty deep position group. I think for Rutgers, for sure. David Anderson, thanks for all your insight once again. And uh, thanks for watching and listening to this positional preview and check out all our positional previews uh, for Rutgers football, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts and on YouTube and on the Scarlet Faithful as well.